Welcome to episode number 58 of Off the Shelf. Professional or beginner, doesn't matter. Every sinner is a prisoner in a body that is subject to time now. My entwined mind tries to form a straight line, not like twisted scoliosis with the spinal cord. Construct. Cross-eyed carpenters are cotton crooked lines. Can't construct. Man-made shrines when the wind's in the water, move the sands of time. Many minds on a deadline, yet live life like a live wire. I'm not tired of blood and fire. Spirits moving higher than the green grass ever lifted me. Spirits moving higher than anything else ever lifted you. See, we got spirituality. It's living in us like a one and three. Injustice is concerning me. In the non-linear eternity, I'm speaking paradoxically. But you could nod your head now when you understand me. This is for my free men whose backs won't bend in the lion's den. Now with their eyes on the ending. This is for my free women. They fight with their love. The powers of our children. Hi, my name is Rod Bergen, and I want to welcome you to this month's episode of the Off the Shelf podcast. Off the Shelf is now being heard in almost 150 countries, and we are glad you could join us. The aim of Off the Shelf is to help people know what it is to be a true follower of Jesus. The podcast is primarily directed at followers of the message of William Branham and former followers like ourselves. This podcast, we are continuing our interview with Jay Cox, a follower of the message of William Branham. First and foremost, I think that um, there are actually quite a few prophecies that we can that are almost non-disputable. Uh, for example, four through six of the seven visions. Now, I will freely admit that one through three, and I'm speaking chronologically here, um, one through three of the seven-point vision we cannot verify. Um, but I would quickly reference the book of well, Daniel. In fact, but, but the first one is is even is is I would say is um, is dead wrong. And you say, well, why do I say that? Number one, this is one of those weird prophecies where he makes after the fact and he gets it wrong. Because the prophecy is this. In, uh, in 1960, he's retelling the prophecy and he says, I'd like to read you a prophecy that was given. So he said, he read it. This one first. I speak this in the name of the Lord. So this is a thus saith the Lord. The president, which now is Franklin D. Roosevelt, will cause the whole world to go to war. Now look what happened. In President Franklin D. Roosevelt took America to England's Tea Party. That's right. Germany never picked on us. We picked on them. Throw the whole world into war uh, to cause a world war. Well, that is nonsense because he ignored Pearl well, Harbor. That's not nonsense, though. That, that's, that's straight up true because, and this is something so that Roosevelt, a lot of people So Roosevelt started the war. Germany, yeah, Germany at, never picked on us. We picked on them. I'm serious. Go look at the history. You oh, no, I am, and I can tell you right now, everybody's before. laughing at you to believe this, because no. this is, what you're saying no. is actually skinhead, neo-Nazi propaganda. That's just, that's just, that's just an ad hominem. I'm sorry, it just is. There, listen, it is a non-disputable, not a conspiracy theory, it is a non-disputable fact that Franklin Delano Roosevelt, months before Pearl Harbor ever happened, gave people in the Atlantic the full... Um, what would you say, live fire, to shoot any Nazi ships as soon as they were seen. That is a fact. But that's that not what I'm point. saying. That's not what William Branham said. He is saying, is Will, saying he's that. saying Franklin Roosevelt started the war. That's what you're saying. 
you're saying Franklin Roosevelt started World War II. Is that what you're saying? Because that's what William Branham said. That doesn't sound like that's what it's saying to me at all. It sounds like it's saying to me that we us into war. Germany didn't start the war. Germany didn't start the war. That doesn't sound at all to me what it, William Branham is saying, though. It, says to me, it sounds to me like he is saying that Franklin Delano Roosevelt is dragging us into the war. And furthermore, like I said, it is that is something that we do definitely know for a fact. It no, was well no, before listen, Pearl Harbor. Listen we were, closely to what William Branham said. President Franklin D. Roosevelt will cause the whole world to go to war. You agree with that statement? Well, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess I even would. Because even put in that sense, that is actually still accurate. Because World War II is not World War II before the United States got involved. It was two different wars. It was Japan versus China, and then it was the Germans versus the, um, what would you call them? The British and the French, right? Um, Have you heard of the Axis? Do you know the Axis? Yeah, but the Axis wasn't fighting with each other until 1941. They weren't on each other's side until 1941, unless you want to say with the exception of Italy and Germany, but of course they were fighting on each other's side. They were right next to each other. Japan was friendly with Germany in the same way that the Soviet Union was friendly with Germany. That is that we have a deal that was signed way back when, that at this point is nothing but words on a piece of paper. It's not until December 12th of 1941 that anything at all was done about that, which is the declaration of war on the United States by Nazi Germany, uh, or December 13th, 1941, my apologies. Um, now, and again, it is a very well-known fact that before that happened, months before that happened, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, um, against the wishes of the Congress, I might just point out, was provoking Nazi Germany. He was definitely doing that. You can say that was right or wrong. I don't really have any, you know, I don't have anything to say about that. But that's not what William Branham said. William Branham said Franklin Delano Roosevelt was the cause of World War II. The cause. Hitler wasn't the cause. Roosevelt was the cause. Well, I mean, again, like I said, I think there is, a, there is a lot of key aspects into this that are just kind of being ignored here. Like the fact that this was two separate wars No, no, that, that you're, you're ignoring the plain meaning of the word. He wrote it on paper. Thus saith the Lord, Franklin Delanor, Frank, Franklin D. Roosevelt will cause the whole world to go to war. That's not what happened. That is not history. Now, and I can tell you what happened. Uh, as well. Now, Lee Vale got a hold of this stuff, and when he wrote the Seven Church Age book, he changed the prophecy. That doesn't say that anymore. Anyways, uh, we can move on. So you said you you kind of discounted the first three, even though you 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 kind of cognitive uh, confirmation bias will take will will help you pull out those things out of out of history that will um, kind of make it look like William Branham maybe had sort of a prophecy that was right, but he he kind of got it. Not, not entirely right, but but, and you say the rest of them, uh, the rest of them were correct. Well, first off, I don't think discounting is the right word. If you look at as an example, the Book of Daniel, the Book of Daniel has many great prophecies in it. I don't think we would have a dispute about that, right? Uh, our earliest findings of the Book of Daniel are about 200 BC, give or take 50 years, in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Now, because of that. There are a lot of prophecies in the book of Daniel that just simply cannot be verified. That's just a non-disputable fact. We but don't have not, any but that's, way. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking well, it about is what I'm talking about, though. It's a red herring. When I say one through three, it isn't, though, because one through three 
right, of those prophecies, I'm saying we don't have evidence to say that they are before the fact. However, if we are going to apply the same logic that we do definitely apply to the book of Daniel, which is that some of the prophecies, everything before 200 BC, we cannot verify, but everything after 200 BC, we definitely can, right? The same should logically apply to anybody else, right? If you have multiple prophecies that you've listed out, and I can verify that the latter half of them was true, but I don't necessarily have any evidence that the first half of them were true, I'm pretty rational in taking on faith that the first half of them were in fact true. And when we go to prophecies four through six, I mean, they're almost non-disputable. Uh, as a perfect example, you have the morality of women, which I believe he had listed number five in chronological order, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and the way he puts it in. Yeah, let's take the egg-shaped cars and the driverless cars. All right. Yeah, I mean, that would work, too. Um, I know a lot of people claim that you have the, you know, you have the egg-shaped car from the 1933 uh, World's Fair that a lot of people claim was where he got the inspiration from that. Um, I think there are numerous problems with listing this. Uh, number one, I think this is a perfect example of having your cake and eat it too. Either the prophecies came from 1933 or they didn't. Um, that's just something I, I think I, that we. I believe they didn't. Well, then how? I see. And then at that point, I don't understand how people can say, "Well, this 1933 car is the is." Um, sorry, I'm losing. No, no. no there's. He said it was fulfilled with the Volkswagen Beetle. Uh, if he did give it in 33, if he did give it in 33, there are egg-shaped cars back there. If he didn't, it doesn't mean anything because actually, because the prophecy hasn't been fulfilled. He says they're going to get to look more like an egg all the time. Well, they don't. The cars aren't looking more like an egg. They're maybe looking more like a squashed egg, but they don't look like an egg. That's not an egg. I mean, not an egg that anybody would eat. The Volkswagen Beetle is probably the closest one. Cars don't look like that for the most part anymore. And uh, the driverless car one, William Branham mentions the prophecy for the first time. Now, and I would challenge anybody who's listening to us, what are the seven prophecies? Well, there aren't seven. There's actually 10. Uh, he never actually mentions the seven at one time in any one place. Go back and get, like, I've done this. I've gone and taken every time he mentions these 1933 prophecies. He never say, says all seven at the same time. And in fact, when you look, there are 10. The 10 are Franklin Roosevelt, Mussolini invading Ethiopia, which he said was uh, his last one, but he, he, it's not true. And the prophecy changed over time. He talks about Hitler and World War II. He talks about the three isms, egg-shaped cars, number five. Number six is driverless cars. Seven is American morality. Eight, women elect the, the wrong person, which again is a failed prophecy. Cruel American woman leader. And then American in ashes, which is before the fact and unfulfilled. So there's 10 of these prophecies. But if you look at the driverless car prophecy, really interesting in that the first time he mentions it is just shortly after a video in 1958 that Disney had on a television show called, which shows a driverless car. It's a, fa it's a false prophecy is because it was never made until after Number one, there, there was an uh, ad in a Newsweek magazine showing a driverless car, 1956. And in 1958, the driverless car is imagined by Disney in a video, uh, which is called Magic Highway USA. Uh, it's the May 14th, 1958 episode of this Disneyland TV series. And William Branham was well known for plagiarizing stuff. Now, the problem is, if he was actually seeing in the future... 
he wouldn't have been seeing people in this car playing a board game. They would be playing on their iPad, they'd be playing a video game, or they'd be watching something on a TV screen, but they're not. And why does he do this? Because in the advertisement from Newsweek magazine, the people are clearly shown playing a board game in the car, and they're doing the same thing in the Disney magazine because they hadn't envisioned what would the future would actually be like. And so when William Branham plagiarizes from one of these two sources, maybe from both, he copies their wrong view of the future, that they're playing a board game. Now why, if he actually saw the future, why didn't he see, why did he see them playing a board game? Jay, I, I don't understand that. I think there's a few things that have to be mentioned there. I think the first thing is that, um, and this is actually something that I think is a very, very big problem when it comes to criticism of the message. Um, I often wonder how you guys would respond to Isaiah when the Assyrians were conquering everywhere and he said the Assyrians were going to conquer Judah. It's like, well, well, that's not a very hard prediction to make. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. It's still a prophecy. That ha it has nothing to do with whether or not it was hard or not or whether or not there was some sort of contemporary thing that may or may not look a little bit like what this prophecy says. Now, again, let's look. The issue I have is that William Branham said he did this, made this in 1933, but he never mentions it. He never mentions it until 1958. And he, he never mentions it in the previous times he tells it. You know, 1 Samuel 3, 19 to 20, uh, the Bible says this to the prophet Samuel. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. And that is not, William Branham was not reliable. We don't have one single before the fact prophecy that has clearly been fulfilled. There are so many, and, I, and I, you know, it's, somebody raised this point the other day. Look at Moses, and people say, William Branham is the greatest prophet on the earth other than Jesus Christ since Moses. Why didn't, when Moses was around, people saw the pillar of fire. How come nobody saw the pillar of fire with, with uh, William Branham? When Jesus was here, he clearly, there was no question. But with William Branham, uh, and even the historian, Walter Hollenweger, a very famous Pentecostal historian will say, William Branham's diagnostic gift was impeccable, but very few people were actually healed. His diagnostic gift was very poor. So people weren't healed. When you're looking at this, I mean, it, it, it really, I mean, I, I, I was very disturbed when I started, uh, when I saw the failed ones, right? The Brown Bear Vision, I like honestly, I, the Municipal Bridge Vision is clear. You have to understand, Jay, when I was researching this, I went to Perry Green. Do you know who Perry Green is? Yes, I do. I've actually, I've only attended his church once, but I have actually attended his church before he passed. I knew Perry quite well, and I phoned Perry, and I said, Perry, Brother Perry, I need to ask you a question. You say clearly on a slide presentation that you did, which is on the internet, that William Branham pointed or that, that, that there was a section of the municipal bridge which goes between Jeffersonville and Louisville, Kentucky, Jeffersonville, Indiana, that that municipal bridge, when it was being built, there was a section of that bridge collapsed and fell into the river, and that was where 16 people died. Do you have any historical evidence for that, Brother Perry? And Perry Green told me, Br Brother Rod, he said with his Texan accent, Brother Rod, I want to tell you, 
I was standing other than the bridge with, with Brother Branham, and Brother Branham pointed at the bridge, and he said, Brother Perry, that is the section of the bridge that fell into the river that caused the deaths of the 16 men. And Perry told me, Brother Rod, the prophet of God wouldn't have lied to me. And I said, so what you're telling me is you have no historical evidence. And he said, the prophet of God wouldn't have lied to me. Now, he was relying on William Branham's word, but you can go on to searchingforvindication.com. We'll post a link there. You can look at the engineering reports. You can look at all of the stuff, the newspaper reports. There were two people that died. One got hit in the head with a crank, and the other got fell off the bridge and landed on a barge, and of course, broke every bone in his body and died. Two people died, front, front page of the newspaper. No reports of 16 people dying, never happened. The bridge was finished on time on, on, and actually under budget. There was no section of the bridge that fell into the river. There were no 16 people that died. So when William Branham said this happened, it's a lie. So you could say, well, maybe it wasn't a valid prophecy. Yeah, but then he's not credible because he lied about 16 people dying. Like, so are you prepared to have a prophet that's not credible? Well, I'd see on that regard, I just can't really say because I've never actually looked into that particular prophecy before. I'll definitely look into that link when you give it. However, I do want to get back to these egg-shaped cars for a few reasons because I think this is a very important point here. Um, first off, I think we need to examine what exactly what was being said when it comes to the egg-shaped car. They're supposed to be egg-shaped, supposed to be driverless. They're supposed to have uh, domes over the front of them, right? Um, they're supposed to be able to turn so that you can look in the center and, of course, play a game of checkers, right? All of those things have to come into play for this prophecy to be correct. Now, one of those things, not two of those things, but all of those things. And that is something that has definitely happened without the last within the last decade. I can name a few vehicles that have started doing that. For example, and I actually have it pulled up here, you have uh, Google's new electric cars, right? You have the um, eco vehicle, the Pugat two-wheeled car, which at this point is only a concept. These are all prototypes looks- and nobody's gonna drive them. And, 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 and- but, how, but how do you know that? How do you know that? You, well, you I don't, but you can't say it's being fulfilled. When you're first making it. You well, some of these cars are already out. The, uh, there's a Hyundai that is a driverless car. I can't remember exactly what it's called. It's like a, uh, if you go actually go back to the. But you, 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 you're aware that William Branham said the little Volkswagen is a perfect egg. He said it's already been fulfilled. Well, yes. But and, and, he, and he said this, he said this after the Volkswagen work. was already in existence. So like it's like it, this is like if he'd made this before the Volkswagen existed, I would give it to you. But he didn't. He says it's a perfect, the little Volkswagen is a perfect egg. Well, like I said, though, it's perfectly, honestly, he I, said that I kind of find a lot of these arguments are a lot of the arguments that I also hear from atheists who talk about the Bible generally. Um, there are quite a bit of times when prophets were under the impression that, as a matter of fact, if you were to read uh, some of the, to go, back, go back to the prophecies of Daniel, Daniel prophesies everything as if it were one after the other, and it clearly was not. It took a total of 500 years for all of that to be accomplished. Yeah, but um, like, you, but you're ignoring the black bear or the the brown bear vision. It failed. It failed. Like that kicks it kicks that kicks William Brown right out. The African meetings vision. It failed. Kicks him out. So I don't even have to go to these things and say, well, maybe they're fulfilled, maybe not. They're just they're just irrelevant. 
Uh, and I, I, I'll give you another thing. This... We can't do that, though. We cannot do that, though. We need to, because we are talking specifically about this. We've already talked about the brown bear prophecy, and people can make but, their But it's a one strike in your own test. It's a one strike in your own test. Well, again, you miss a lot of the very plainly given context where Brother Branham very specifically says, this vision will be fulfilled as a result of me knowing. And this is something where does that he say that? Where does he say that? Uh, we'll actually look that up here right now. Although, while I am looking that up, I still do want to get back here on these egg-shaped cars because they are becoming very prevalent. And actually, um, even a lot of these vehicles are already out. For example, the new versions of the Prius looks very much egg-shaped, especially compared to the old versions of the Prius. Um, it's almost a perfectly shaped egg. Likewise, you have um, that Hyundai that, again, I can't remember the name of the Hyundai, but if you go to the comments where we were originally, where we originally set this up in the first place, You'll actually find that I posted it there, um, whatever the car was called. I can't remember. It's like PX4 or something like that. Um, but I can't remember exactly what it's called. I do remember it's by Hyundai. Uh, you have a Google car that is driverless and perfectly egg-shaped with a tube top that you can turn around and play. In the, I mean, it's almost as if... This is just like he predicted in 1933 that the world would be totally annihilated before 1977. I mean, I, I don't see I don't see how that's an issue, though. I think I mean, that has been very, very clearly pointed out by Brother Branham himself that it was a prediction and not a prophecy. So, um, but inspired that, an inspired prediction. I mean, I don't see any reason for the he man. He said it was inspired. So who inspires him? Who inspired him? Well, I mean, the context is perfectly obvious. He's getting prophecies. He thinks that because of these prophecies, he is able to interpret when this will happen. He makes specifically clear, and there is no reason, if you were claiming that this is inspired prophecy, then you just say it's inspired prophecy. There's no reason to say, I predict I do not prophesy, if you indeed do prophesy. I mean, I think that if we understand the basic meaning of meanings of words, we should know that. And he made very clear that this was a prediction and not a prophecy. There's a lot of dispute around driverless cars and, and egg-shaped cars, a lot of it, mainly because I can show you clearly where this was in the media as a prediction from Disney and in Newsweek clearly stated before William Branham ever mentions it. So you're going to say, well, he had the jam to mention it. Yeah, great. Uh, I, honestly, this is, if this is what you're going to hang somebody that I have to pin, pay spiritual attention to, we try to keep our podcast to around a half hour, so we will bring this month's episode to a close. But please come back in one month for part three of our interview with Jay Cox. If you have a question or comment, please feel free to go to our website at offtheshelf.life. There is a comment section at the bottom of every episode's webpage. Or you are welcome to send an email to rod at offtheshelf.life. Have a great week and thanks for listening. The powers are my children. We shine like lights exposing what lies underneath decomposing. Iron earth old chains that are rusted, oh sweet Lord. Is that what I trusted in? That sin, that tomfoolery? Uh, what is this mental jewelry that I adorned myself with? Enemies gifts, the man-made myths, the ignorant bliss of marijuana splits and alcoholic fifths. I got so sick and tired of it. 
delivered and redeemed by Christ our mean. It's time to start living and get a reason for the rhyme. I don't wanna be dead wrong on the deadline, standing on the dark side and all out of time. Like a blind pen of mine's fantasized, climb up his own ladder through the sunshine. Nothing's mine that hasn't been given. No one's alive here that hasn't been risen. For 19 years I was trapped in a prison. Fiend in my escape by means of derision. But every man-made attempt just failed when trapped in a jail of my own guilt, shame, and iniquity. I was looking for freedom. How'd I find freedom? Christ. 